um, if you are. Hey, uh, hello, hello, hello. Um, I just want to say thank you to Derek as well. We, we have gotten to know each other over the last four years, right? Yeah, four years. And he's the real deal, and it's just fun. And I know a lot of your, his family is here today, uh, his, his better two-thirds side of his family, and uh, uh, Meg's family here. As LSL celebrates three years of age today, man. So... 
And so if you are part of uh, Meg's family, we just want to say welcome, and uh, it's good to have you guys. And man, anybody who's visiting today, we're all about the guests. That's why we're doing next week and all of that. But hey, here's what I want to do. Just a couple last things, then we're going to pray for our offering, dive into the message today. Uh, two last things. First of all is this. I don't know if you noticed on the way in today during this At The Movie series, not only was there like amazing smell of popcorn, but there were things to make me fatter out there. I don't know if you noticed that, and I'm super grateful for them. And here's the deal. Rather than give it away, uh, there's a couple in our church that said, hey, would you guys like some candy? We want to give this to you and didn't even, you know, I didn't ask anybody. And they, this is the generosity of our church, man. So can we just, I don't want to embarrass them, but can we just thank that couple that just said, hey, we want to bless you with that. So I can tell you this morning that my breakfast really was good and plenty. All right. Um, So, bad dad joke, I know. Uh, Here's the other thing that I want to say, too. We have other ways for you to be involved and get involved, and uh, this Wednesday is one of them. We have our youth night. Uh, here at 6.30. Man, if you have any youth that are in 6th or 12th grade, Derek is here. And there is literally just about as many kids here on Wednesday night as there is adults Sunday morning. And so like, get your butt here, have fun. It's a blast. And the other thing is, if you're going, I don't have youth, but I want to learn more. I want to dig deeper than I, I can on a Sunday morning. We have a Bible study called Deep uh, that one of our elders, Dick Wallstrom, leads. And uh, Dick, we just wave. I see you back there uh, underneath his halo. And so just talk to Dick um, if you want more information. But that's at the same time, 6.30. And uh, they just dig into the Bible, into the Word at a deeper level than maybe you can even do on your own. It's really fun to be part of that. And so talk to him. Uh, that's what I have. So I just want to celebrate what God's doing. Uh, thank you for everybody who has been generous above and beyond in the tithe and, and just all of that. And so so we're just grateful for where you're at. And so as we have said in the church, we just ask you to do what God would tell you to do. And so let me just pray, and then we're going to dive into the message. I'm pumped because uh, it's at the movies, and we've got DWOM next week. So let's pray. God, I thank you for every person in this church. I thank you for every person that's listening online. I thank you for what you're doing in our hearts, God. I thank you that you never stop, you never cease, Lord, and you constantly and continuously amaze us, Lord. Father, the cool part is you love us whether we give or whether we don't. You love us, Lord, whether we sin or whether we don't. You love us, Lord, no matter where we're at. You love us, Lord, even if we don't love you. You love us even if we don't have a belief yet in you. And yet you choose us. You call us your royal priesthood. You say as as a Christ follower, we are seated at the right hand of the Father next to you because you love us and you want us that intimately. And so today we thank you and we praise you and we give you, uh, Lord, just, just the glory that you deserve today, the honor and the worship that you deserve, Father. And I pray right now for anybody in this room, whether they've been a Christian for a long time, whether they're guests visiting today, wherever they're at, maybe they're not even comfortable in public places because of COVID and they're watching online, whoever it is today that you want to get a hold of their heart, may nothing hinder what your Holy Spirit wants to do in and through them today by the power of your blood that you shed on that cross for us. We thank you in Jesus' name. We all said together, amen, amen. So hey, here's what I want to do. I want to recap the last two weeks, and we have been going through at the movies the last couple weeks, and what we've really been looking at is the purpose of the church. And, uh, you know, the purpose of our church maybe is a little different than a church you came from or a church you're a part of. And here's what I just want you to see the last couple weeks, and then I'll introduce you to the new movie that we're, we're doing today. But it's really four things that we look at, and that's knowing God, okay, that's finding freedom, that's discovering our purpose, and then fourth is making a difference. And so two weeks ago, 
Uh, Pastor Derek did a phenomenal job utilizing the Blindside movie. If you're a football guy like me, you'll love it. And, and really, that's, that's first of all to know God. And in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, Paul says this. He goes, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may what him better? You may know him better. And I love this because I, lo- I love give- getting needy. I like deep. I love like deep Bible study stuff. And for those of you that are geeky like me, here's a word for it. It's gnosis. It's just a cool word, isn't it? I just want to like go around and say like gnosis. It's just a fun word to say. Well, what does gnosis mean? It literally means to know somebody or something on an intimate level, on a deeper level than just like, like how many in here, if I asked you, you know Prince, how many would say, yeah, I know Prince. No, we don't know Prince. Okay. We know who he is. There's a difference. And so the word here, gnosis, literally means like, like when, a, when a dad and a mom are talking and having a discussion because they're excited to have a baby. Not, not talking sexual, but talking intimate. It's that same word. It's that same idea that Paul was saying, hey, we can actually know God on this intimate level. And it freaked them all out because they're going, wait a second. I, I just thought church was something we did for an hour on a Sunday. And that was it. We just went to the temple. We did our thing. And now Paul's going, no, you can literally know God. Well, don't I need a pastor to talk to or a high priest or somebody I got to go to? And Paul's saying, no way. It's available for everybody. So know God is not just a simple phrase that we say. It's literally the Greek gnosis where we can know God on an intimate level, where we can have relationship with him daily, constantly. We can talk to him. We can listen to him. We can be in his presence. We can be still before him. We can invite him into every area of our life. Second, uh, we talked about last week as we looked at the movie Free Guy was find freedom. Now, I believe some of us are there where we're going, man, Pastor Chris, you don't know the sin I've been dealing with or the issue I had. I talked last week about the jail that we're imprisoned in sometimes and we're comfy in there, you know, like we even hide the keys. We have the keys on the way out, but we don't want to get out. We're like, this, this is good. I'm, I, I made snacks and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good just by myself. Don't nobody talk to me. I'm just happy in here. And, and we literally have the keys to freedom That's Jesus, but we don't often accept that. The next verse here in Ephesians says, I pray that the eyes of your what? Think about eyes of your what? Head? No, heart. Eyes of your heart. Why does Paul use this language? It's really cool. May be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people. In other words, you got to find freedom before you find your purpose, okay? You have to figure out how do I get out of this? so that God can bring me into that, okay? I gotta get out of this before I can go into that, and God has a plan for you. So I think what we have to do is we have to see past our, our pains. We have to see past our, our hurt. In the last two years, if I can just speak to anybody, we gotta see past our offenses, okay? Um, not that anyone in our world's been offended in the last two years. We have to see with the heart rather than with our head, So oftentimes when I'm offended or I see somebody that has a different viewpoint than me, my prayer all the time, constantly, is God, help me see them the way you do. Let me see through your eyes. Because the eyes of my heart, when I have accepted Christ, are no longer my eyes, are they? They're his, or they should be his, all right? Then third is this, discover your purpose, okay? That's where I want to camp out today. You see, you, when we're trying to figure out our purpose, if you're in prison, you haven't found freedom yet, it's going to be really difficult, not impossible, 
But it's really difficult to see tomorrow if you're always still focused on yesterday. Okay? So if you're going, I, I'm trying to figure out my purpose, but you're still trapped inside that prison, that jail, you haven't found freedom yet, you've got to find that freedom so that you can walk out that God-given purpose. Because every single person in here, I don't care your age, I don't care your status, I don't, I don't even care if you have made that commitment to Christ yet, every single one of you was birthed with a God-given purpose. Every single one of you. And it's not to volunteer in the nursery, though we'd love that, okay? That's not, probably not your giant purpose in life. It's probably something that I don't know if you're living out yet or not, and I want to unpack that this morning. Psalm chapter 16, verse 11, it says, God, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. See, God wants to show you the path for your life. Amen? Okay? I, Pastor, it's not my job to show you the path for your life. In fact, it's not even your job to show you the path for your own life. It's not even your spouse's job to kick you when the pastor says something that you know is supposed to convict your spouse, okay? It's supposed to be the Holy Spirit showing you this is the path for your life. So how do we follow it out? What does it look like? And I think often we know our potential. I don't think we have a problem with knowing our potential or what's in us. I think we often think about that. We go on those mental vacations. Anybody like mental vacations? We go there and we think about it. We know the potential. I think often we're just scared or we're unknown of the journey we're supposed to take to live it out. And so let's unpack that a little bit today. Uh, years ago, I delivered pizza and that was my deliverance ministry. I loved it. And uh, um, dad joke. And so as I would deliver pizza, one of the things I realized is there was a lot of people with um, hurt. There was a lot of people that, that hadn't known God yet, had not found freedom yet, and there was a lot of people that I worked with that had no idea that they even had purpose. And so there was a gentleman I worked with at the Domino's and Ramsey when I used to deliver for them. This was back in 2005, 2006. And I remember him coming up to me, and he was so bold because he just wanted to talk about his faith. His faith was in nothing. Literally, literally, he, you know, he was an atheist and he's like, I believe in nothing, nothing at all. And, and I didn't try to approach him. He would approach me all the time and like, just want to fight, like have that argument back and forth about, you know, how great his faith was in nothing. And I'm just like, I'm a Christ believer. I I follow Christ with my life. I've surrendered my life to him. That's my passion. That's what I want to do in life. And, and I remember getting close to Christmas and I thought I'm going to catch him here. Like, I wanted to just kind of catch him because I said, all right, if you're going to say you're an atheist, like you're literally living out that faith and I'm living out my faith. I said, how dare you if you get Christmas gifts from people in your family? And I thought, I I caught him. And he goes, nope. He goes, when I get Christmas gifts and it's about Jesus' birth, I return them. And I'm like, wow, your life sucks. But anyway, I, I, I moved on. I didn't say that out loud too loud. And I, I looked him in the eye and I just said, hey, this is what I said to him. I said, I'm impressed. I said, your conviction of your belief, man, is a blessing to me. And he goes, wow. And he, like, we had a really good conversation, actually. I didn't tell him he sucked or anything like that. And, and, but then what I did ask him was this. And he, we're standing face to face. And I said, I don't remember his name, actually. And I said, hey, can I just ask you one last question? And I said, I don't, I don't want to look looking for a debate, anything like that. I know we respect each other. We see things differently. But can I just ask you one question? Because I said, as a Christ follower, this one always boggles my mind if you're an atheist. I said, I just, just, if you can answer this one for me, I'll leave you alone. We won't have to talk about it anymore. And I said, 
I just want to know then, if you're an atheist, you believe in nothing, you return all your Christmas gifts, all of that. I just said, what's your purpose? And he couldn't say anything. Said nothing. Walked away, matter and snot. You know, and, and honestly, I, I, I don't know what happened to him to this day. My, you know, I've been praying for him constantly. I hope something. But I believe whether you're an atheist, whether you got drugged to church today, or whether you're a Christ believer, a Holy Spirit-filled person that's like you just, want, you just want to experience God all the time, constantly, nonstop, no matter where you're at, you have eternal purpose that has been gifted to you before the foundations of, of creation. Amen? It's in every single one of you. And the moment you get that, I'm not good enough, I'm in prison, I don't know God yet, I, I don't care because God's already placed it in you for a reason that's bigger than you will ever be able to see. Because if we could see it on our own, we could receive it on our own. But it's a gift, not something we deserve that's given to us, and that is your eternal purpose. Now, we're at the movies today, so I got a movie for you. I'm going to play three clips. I'm not playing the trailer just out of respect for some of you who uh, have different views or, than I do because in this uh, clip, the trailer, which I don't have today, uh, they're, they're, it's pretty violent, all right? So definitely PG-13, but it's called The Tomorrow's War. Has anyone seen this movie yet? Anybody here? Okay, so I'll be really careful. Just one other person than me. Great movie. It was an Amazon uh, original I uh, love the movie. If you like a little bit of sci-fi and a little bit of like beat them up, shoot them up kind of movie, this is your movie, man. It's like, it's fun. All right. I loved it. And, and I love a little bit of time travel. And so you got, you got like everything in here. You got romance. You got everything. And let me just kind of set this up for you if you haven't seen it, just to get you on the same page before I play this first clip. I'm not going to give it away, Derek. Don't worry. All right. So, so here's the deal. This guy, who the lead character is played by Chris Pratt, all right, and everybody loves Chris Pratt, and Chris Pratt, he's the lead guy, and you see him watching TV with his daughter and his wife. That's his family, his daughter's real young, and they sit down to watch a little, little tube, and they're watching the World Cup, they're watching the World Open, and, and all of a sudden what they see is all of a sudden the sky kind of opens up, and these people show up that are human, and they start talking to everybody. They say, we need your help in the future, okay? So it's a little sci-fi-ish. Um, and, and they're like, what is going on? Well, long story short, they're saying they're being destroyed in the future by something. And they said, we need your help because we don't have enough people in our year. We actually have to come back in time to bring you with us to build this incredible big army. Well, here's, uh, and so this scene that I want to set up for you is Chris Pratt uh, basically what they do is it's a lottery system or a draft if you get drafted from the past to go to the future. Not everybody does, but people are dying in the future, and so they want to bring people to the future from the past to help them. And so this scene right here that I want to set up for you is Chris Pratt's character getting ready to go to the future. Go ahead, guys. <laughs>
that. Flip it around like that. Makes sense. And that's your safety. Okay. How do you know how to do all this stuff, man? How are you so calm? Long story. Be that ex-military? Yeah. Kind of a short story, I guess. 40 seconds. Tuck position. Where are we going? Miami Beach! Of course it has to be a beach. So in this clip, we see just, you're like, what's going on? It's intense, man. The whole movie is just intense like this, all right? I love it. Anybody else love just like intense movies like me? These are like not the ones you put on before you fall asleep, okay? Just, just don't do it, all right? Did that with my son and thought he was going to have nightmares, all right? My youngest is 11 and uh, definitely PG-13. But here he is. They're all getting ready. They're, they're being like, you know, beam me up Scotty, right? A little bit. And, and they're being sent to the future. And here's what's crazy. I want you to think about this. I know most of you haven't seen the movie yet. So now you got to go watch it, all right? But here's what happens. At the beginning, remember, he's sitting down watching the soccer game with his daughter and his wife. He's living already what he thinks is his purpose. Thinks he's already living it. And then all of a sudden, future shows up in his world. He's got to be beamed up and head out here. He's ex-military and he's going here to help the world from, you know, dying essentially in the future. And here's what I love is I think often, often we know we have purpose, but again, we just don't know the path that we're called on, that we're supposed to take with it. And until you find your eternal purpose, you'll lack hope. That's what that verse we just read said. I don't know if you guys can put that back up there, but Psalm 1611, you show me the path to life in your presence. There's fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You want the pleasures forevermore. You want the peace, fullness of joy. How do we get that? It's by living out the purpose that God has for us. It's bigger than us just going, oh man, this is what I want to do with my life. I, I want to have this. Your life is not meant to be dead or dull, but filled with life. Amen? Are you awake this morning? That's supposed to be us. That's how God created each of us with eternal purpose. You know, and here's, here's what I want to tell you. Okay, a little secret. We steal a lot of things in church. Let me explain that for a moment. We steal a lot. Okay, a lot of pastors, we borrow messages from each other and we share points and we steal. Our four statements, they're not original. Knowing God, okay, finding freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. We stole them, church. Now we could have made them our own phrases and all that, but I'm like, why fix something that is so beautifully awesome, right? I think they're great. And so that's why we've stayed on to these. And here's where they come from. One of my pastor heroes, his name's Chris Hodges. He pastors a church called Church of the Highlands down in Birmingham, Alabama. He's not the most like craziest speaker in the world, but he just loves Jesus with all his heart. He's a phenomenal leader, a phenomenal multiplier, and he's the real deal. And so he, he wanted to have these like purpose statements. And so what he did is he went to the gym, uh, his sister's gym, and he said to a bunch of non-Christians, he said, hey, this is what we think. We want people to know salvation. And they're like, I don't even know what that is. And they said, well, and we want people to be sanctified along the way. And they're going, I never heard that term. I don't know. And so he said, okay, if you as a lost person, a person that doesn't know Christ, the atheist at Domino's, how would you say it? 
And so literally, these four come from the people of the world going, we think these are four things that we can agree on inside the church and outside the church. And so I just want a little background story to where these came from. Isn't that cool? I love that. I think that's really cool. You see, there's purpose in every person, whether they're at the gym and they don't know Jesus or whether they do. Stat, statistic here for you, 87% of the church, 87% of the church does not know their purpose. So if there's 100 of us here right now, that means 13 of us do, and 87% of us are going, let's even say that's half true, okay? Right, what is that? That's 43 and a half. It's pretty good math quick. All right, 43 and a half percent, even if we're half of that is true. And I would be willing to bet that's pretty accurate. And so what, what, do, we, what do we do? How do we figure out what our purpose is? Let me ask you a question. How many of you here have ever gone to like a horse track or a dog track? You sinners. All right, no, all right, I have to. Okay, how many, how many, okay, if you haven't been to a dog track, my parents drug me to Canterbury Park, okay, when I was really young. If you don't know where that's at, it's down at Shakopee. People bet on dog races, all right? And uh, I, I had to sign a covenant with the Assemblies of God, our denomination, that I would not bet, and so I don't, other than with my kids. And so um, it's like, you know, M&Ms when we're playing bingo at home, I, whatever. And so here it is. And they've got all these dogs lined up, and they're all in the cage, and the cage is ready to bust open. And I don't know if you've never ever seen this. It's crazy what they do. They put on this stupid, most unbelievably fake-looking thing in front of them, and they just chase it. They just chase it, all right? And they just go after it, like, fast. I mean, they get out of there, and people are yelling and screaming and, and betting on the, which horse is going to win the race, you know? And, and what are they chasing in Canterbury Park? You know, it's a big, fluffy dog bone. It's the most stupid-looking thing that I've ever seen. And the dog's like, ah, 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 and he's going nuts, Bill. Well, down in Florida, Daytona Beach, there's another dog park. And they don't have a dog bone. They have literally an electronic rabbit. Okay? So they put this electronic rabbit on the racetrack. And as soon as the gates open, you know, the, the racetrack, the little rabbit is going. And all of the dogs are chasing after Well, this is a crazy story. A few years ago there was a malfunction with the rabbit. And so the rabbit literally had an electronic failure and blew up, like parts flew everywhere in the middle of the race. So crazy. But here's the crazy part I want you to see. This is what took place. This happens, and the dogs did three different things. Some of the dogs were like, and they just laid down and took a nap, okay? Some of them just started staring at the crowd and just just started yelling at the crowd, started barking at them. And then third, some of them were so confused and distraught that they actually tried to get through the barrier and, and the fences and actually started injuring themselves. And I thought about this for a while, and here's what I, I, I believe that God wants you to see this this morning is this, and I'll put it on the screen. Until you know your purpose, you're going to chase things that don't matter. Okay? And, and you're going to lay down and be like, I don't know, or you're, you're going to get injured. Okay? Or are you just going to start looking like, I don't know what's going on? Just like those dogs did. See, until you know your purpose, you're going to chase things that don't matter. Maybe it's, well, I want to get rich. Maybe you want to buy that big old bass boat. Still waiting for the bass boat. It hasn't happened yet, all right? Maybe it's, you know, you want to retire early. Now, I'm not saying those things are, are bad, but if that's your purpose for what you're living for, I'm not sure that's eternal. And so is what you're living for eternal. Your purpose 
is not just for you. It's for those around you. It's for family around you. It's for the people that don't yet know Christ. It's for the people that you're going to invite next week. You're going to bring with you next week to the block party. We want to pack this place out, man. We want to have fun. In fact, the purpose and the gifts that God has given you that you're good at, okay, I want you to think about this. They make a difference in other people's lives. You have gifts that I don't have, and I have gifts that you don't have. We all need those. That's how the church operates. You know, some of us are, it says we're all a different part, but the same body. Some of us are ears. Some of us are forehead. Some of us are a butt. It just depends. All right, so you get the point. Let me set up this next scene for you. In this next scene, Pratt's character gets ready for this assignment. And, and this is the only thing I'm giving away. I'm sorry, Derek. I got to give one thing away here. Or I can't play these two clips. Uh, so this, if you don't want to know this next clip, you're just going to have to go la, 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 and put fingers in your ear. But it's not giving away too much. You find this out within the first like 15 minutes of the movie. He shows up here and is introduced to the colonel in the future. Go ahead and play the clip, guys. Romeo Command. I believe we've met already. Dan, Forrester. Yes. Thank you for recovering the ampules. My pleasure. And for trying to find my team. I'm sorry about that. Colonel Forrester. I'm not a colonel. Excuse me. They're starting in 20, Colonel. Copy. Thank you. Colonel Forrester. First Sergeant Dan Forrester, Special Forces. Uh, Former in a past life. Forrester. That's funny. Uh, you spell that one R? Just one R. Me too. Wait, where? Where are you people from? Same place that you're from. Thank you. So give a little bit of movie away, but you catch on to this right away. So I'm not giving too much away. I'm not going to give much more. But here he is. And if you didn't catch it, he goes to the future and he finds out this, this is his daughter that he just saw literally like 10 minutes ago. And here she is, beautiful young woman. And he's like, wow, you're a colonel. I'm not even a colonel yet. And all of a sudden what he is seeing is his daughter live out her purpose. Now, I don't know about you, but I think it would be cool if we could do that, you know, go into the future and see our kids and the purposes that they live out. I, I, how many would love that? You know, just, just get in the DeLorean with me and let's go, right? I mean, that'd be awesome. Here's the deal. I want you to hear about this right now. Think this through. God doesn't need a DeLorean. He already knows what your future looks like for your kids, for you, your grandkids. He sees all of that, and he sees that whole big picture. He knows the purpose that he's already placed in your heart, and he wants you to have that path to figure out what is it that I'm supposed to do. It's not only vocational. It's probably bigger than you think. It's not just for the people around you, but it's probably to glorify God in a different part than you've ever realized. That's really our our big purpose. See, at the start of the film, you see the three together, mom, dad, and the daughter. They're hanging out, and he sees his little daughter who's, those of you that have kids my age, now 11, up through getting married. It goes quick, and he doesn't realize yet at that time that his daughter's going to be a colonel and really try to save the planet. I'm not going to tell you what happens at the end here. Psalm chapter 92, verse 13 says this, those planted in the house of the Lord 
they will flourish in the courts of God, the courts of our God. I love this verse right here, man. This isn't saying, well, you got to work in the church and then God's going to bless you. What it's saying is, are you planted in what God has put in your heart? Are you planted in the purposes that he has? Because you're going to flourish in the courts of our God. You see, your purpose is designed to glorify him. He's already planted it in you. It's already there. Maybe, maybe it just needs to be watered. Maybe it's not growing yet, but he wants that to take place. In fact, here's what's crazy. I want to show you one more clip here, and I'm not going to give it away. But here, him and his daughter are here in the future, and they're trying to, they're trying to save the earth from something. And again, I haven't really told you what's happening yet intentionally. And, and at the end of the world, they have to figure out, and I call it a potion or some kind of chemical thing that they're trying to match up to help save uh, the earth. And so they're going through this over and over, and that's really what happens here in this next clip. So uh, I don't want to show it all the way, so just wait for me on the cue to stop it because I, I don't have it stopped completely on YouTube here. So go ahead. Warn me. Because you're my father. And there's no one that I want to trust more. was going to get pg-13 real quick all right so um yeah you have to dude it's so good really great movie really enjoyed it i recommend going and taking a peek at it. i'll tell you what's happening here is they're creating this chemical that his her dad uh agent forrester is supposed to take back to the past and the idea and i'm not going to tell you if it works or not is they're supposed to stop this tomorrow's war from ever happening And uh, you'll have to see it to find out what takes place. Let me end with this this morning. I want to ask you kind of a a strange question. And don't put these pictures up there until I tell you back there, Levi. I don't know about you, but my son, Levi, does a phenomenal job back there all the time. And I just want to pick on him this morning. He's awesome. (laughs) And right next to him, let's give Jake a round of applause because he's, he's awesome too. Even though he's a football player and comes over to our house and eats all our food all the time. All right, so you're awesome, dude. Appreciate both of you very much. How many here have ever been to Death Valley? Anybody ever been to Death Valley? Okay, so a few years ago, we, were, we flew into Las Vegas, and we wanted to do kind of a big round trip. So we went to Mount Zion. I don't know if you've ever been to Mount Zion. Beautiful. And then uh, we went to the north rim of the Grand Canyon. Only 10% of the people that ever go to the Grand Canyon see the north rim. 90% see the south rim. Beautiful. And then we drove all the way from the north rim of the Grand Canyon all the way over to uh, San Diego. Wanted to go to the zoo, see the panda. And then we drove up Highway 1 along the Pacific Coast. And we got up to, uh, you know, we went to L.A. And I have some family in Long Beach and kept going. We went all the way up to uh, San Francisco. And, and then we decided to head back east after that. And in between there and Las Vegas, where we had to fly out, was Death Valley. And so I told my wife, not the rental car place, that I wanted to drive through this. And she freaked out. Like, my wife is fearless. This, I've never seen her so scared in her life. She, she was like... 
uh, we got to be so careful going through here. What if a tire breaks? What if, you know, what if this breaks? And we got like six big gallons of water getting ready to go through. But I'm like, we're here. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I want to drive through Death Valley. So here we are in our little Kia Sedona rental minivan. And, and we've got water in the back. We get there early in the day. So this is like before noon, FYI. And we get to the visitor center. Do we have that picture? Go ahead with this first one. And here it is. My kids were a little younger. 112 degrees. This is like early in the morning, all right? And so you're just roasting. I mean, there's, it's just crazy. And, and we're, this is about, I don't know, a quarter of the way in or halfway in. And so we get back in the vehicle and we go. And, and here's the crazy part. If you've never been to Death Valley, do you know why it's called Death Valley? Nothing grows there. Everything's dead, okay? There's no plants. There's no trees. There's no flowers. It's just like desert, all you can see. And there's mountains in the back that look cool, but there's literally, it's, it's just desolate. And so that's what Heather was worried. Well, what if the car breaks down? What if it overheats? What, what happens if, you know, this takes place? And she was freaking out. Well, uh, go, go ahead and uh, show that, yeah, this picture. Uh, just wait on the next picture. Wait till I tell you. And, and here it is. This is one of the flats. These are known as salt flats, a lot of places there. Uh, basically, they're water that has dehydrated and is gone. Well, there's this crazy, crazy thing that took place in 2004. In 2004, in the winter, they ended up receiving over seven inches of rain in the winter. And so it was crazy because it just downpoured, but nothing happened at all. Nothing, nothing took place. But then what happened is spring, a little bit later, this went from this to this. Go ahead. That's Death Valley. I need you to realize that Death Valley is not dead. It's dormant. And below the ground here were seeds of potential. See, the hardest part about being a, a minister or a pastor is motivating somebody or seeing their potential and their purpose when you're not ready to see it yet. I'm not good at motivating people. It's not my gift. My gift is sharing God's truth. And I pray this morning that you see, what are the seeds? Just leave that picture up. What are the seeds of potential? In fact, go back one, Levi. I think some of us feel like this. And yet beneath that soil, go to the next one, is this. Those seeds that God has planted there, they're eternal seeds that he's placed in you before the foundation of creating this entire universe for you to live out. I see this in every single one of you in here. Every single one of you. Well, Pastor Chris, you don't know my story. You don't know the jail I'm in. You know what's crazy about the jail that you're in? You know the easiest way to get out? Can I give you a key here? Real simple key. Most people are like, I just got to confess my sin to God and then I get out of jail. Do you know nowhere in the Bible does it talk about confessing your sin to God? Wake up call, I know. Who are we supposed to confess our sin to? Each other. Each other. We ask God for forgiveness, but we confess our sin to each other. Why? Because here's what happens. This moment you decide to get out of that prison and you go to a friend of yours, or you're at a small group, or you're at deep, or you're in at youth group or Sunday morning church, and you stop somebody on the way out, and you're like, I need out of the prison because I know I got this in me. And you stop and you say, Pastor, I've been dealing with pornography. Man, I, or you go up to a friend and I've been dealing with this, or I've been dealing with that. I want you to know something, church, that this is not what's going to take place. Church is not the world. You're not going to get judged and ridiculed and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so shocked. You know what's going to happen when you share that with somebody, when you get out of that prison? You know what that person's going to do? They're going to put their arm around you and they're going to be like, oh, you too? 
Oh, you too? Man, can we, can we go grab lunch? Can we pray for each other? Man, I, I didn't know you were hurting too. Yeah. And, and then we're able to speak into each other. We confess our sins to each other. But the reason we have that key to freedom isn't anything you or I have done. It's what he already did on that cross. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you this morning. God, I know you're speaking in here this morning. I can feel it. I know that you want desperately for people to realize that seed that's in them that's been dormant for so long is meant to be alive. Whatever that looks like, maybe it's taking a risk or a next step in their life, maybe they're scared about. Maybe it's dealing with uh, depression and anxiety that they're, they're scared about. Maybe it's uh, some habitual sin that they can't figure out. Maybe, maybe it's fear of being judged or ridiculed. Lord, maybe they've been offended and, and, and it's just hard to see what that purpose is. But God, you give us that eternal purpose before we were ever even an idea. But you knew we were an idea and you gave that to us. You allow us to have that freedom through the power of your son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him does not perish, but has everlasting life. The purpose you've placed in every person in this church, every person that can hear my voice right now has purpose, eternal purpose. And so God, would you give us the perspective to see not through the eyes of our head, but through the eyes of our heart? Sometimes it's easier for us to see others that way and really difficult for us to see ourselves. Lord, I'm tired of the seeds being dormant. I pray for each individual here today that you would reveal their purpose in a whole new way. You would reveal it to them. Lord, through prayer, through dreams, through other people affirming them, they would see it. No matter their age, no matter where they're at in work, whether they're retired, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. God, and every time we feel inadequate, myself included, may we know that it's in our inadequacies that your strength shines. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to show you one more slide. Go to that last one, will you guys? You might be like, what? See, we have individual purposes. But then together as the Bridge Church, we serve a corporate purpose together. You know, we want to be a life-giving church. I cannot do next week without you. I can't invite the people you know that I don't to be here. This is not just a nice little, hey, invite somebody. I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you to bring somebody with you next week. Okay, if you're gone next week, fine. Bring them the following week because we're going to have a life-giving message and series every single Sunday. You know that. But next week, man, we want to light it up with what God wants in here. And so we need to do that corporately. We have individual purposes, and then we have a corporate purpose. What's our corporate purpose as a church is to bring people along that journey no matter where they're at. Next week, we get to help them discover God, know God, okay, intimately. Maybe they've never been in a church like ours. I don't know the first time I was. Scared the crud out of me, man. People raising their hands and in love with Jesus. What is this? But you know what was cool? I saw people in love with Jesus for the first time. I'd never seen that before. Second, we want them to find freedom. 
We get to be that friend along the way. Even if it's the person you vote differently with, I don't care, bring them with. Third, we want them to discover their purpose. And then next couple weeks, we're gonna talk about now we make a difference. Well, we get to do that next week. So I pray that God blesses you. He encourages you. He shows you your eternal purpose today and through this week. I'm praying for you. I want that for you. And I want that for us as a church. Amen. And come on, let's give God some praise and head up. Hey, I want to do this today. I'm going to stay here up here for a little bit. I like saying hi to you on the way out, but uh, my role today is up here. And if any of you want prayer uh, for your purpose, we'll make sure that the sound's at a good level. I just want to pray with you. And, uh, you know, we're here. We have elders to help with that too on occasion. And so um, you're welcome to that every single Sunday. Just find us. Otherwise, man, say hi to somebody on the way out and have a